Next Chapter Podcasts. The 500. The 500. J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition, so it ain't nothing to new. Hundreds more to go and in need of a friend. The king of these for Angelo talking the 500 until the end. Talking the 500 until the end. With my man J.M. On the 500. Talking the 500 until the end. My Name Is by Eminem from the Slim Shady LP from 1999. It's also number 275 out of 500 on the 500 with Josh Adam Myers. Thank you for joining me on the only podcast where a comedian is going through Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums. And we are chipping away, dude. 275. 275. Hey. This weekend, I'll be at the Greensville, South Carolina Comedy Zone, uh, March 3rd through the 4th. Then March 17th and 18th, I will be at the Greensboro, North Carolina Comedy Zone. And I'll be in Los Angeles, uh, March 19th, doing the Goddamn Comedy Jam, March 20th, doing the Shimmy. And then I'll be doing Moon Tower in April. And from July 28th to October 15th, I am going to be on the Back Road Baptism Tour with Jelly Roll, 3-6 Mafia, a bunch of incredible artists. We're playing arenas all over the country. Go to my website, joshadamires.com for tickets. Or in La Jolla. I'll be at La Jolla at the end of April at the Comedy Store. Uh, it's going to be great, man. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. I post clips daily. Support the show at patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. If you give us $5 a month, we appreciate it. We love you. You'll get some merch and you get to ask questions to the guests. Uh, it really does help. There's some incredible people on the show and we want to keep it alive. Um, so the way that we can do that because we don't get a lot of ad sales is from the Patreon money. So if you listen to the show for free, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. I'm not taking anything. Uh, I am right now, but it's about to end. So what I'm trying to say to you is support the show if you want this to keep going. Uh, I'm getting really busy. It's not saying I don't want to do it. It's just getting really difficult um, to find the time because I'm going on this tour. I'm on the road every weekend. I'm working on himbos. I'm, I have a, a social life. I have a dog that has a heart issue. So I got to take care of all this stuff. And I do appreciate it. I'm not trying to guilt trip anybody. Uh, but if you love the show, help support it, please. All righty then. Eminemies. Eminemies. Mike Barbarisi, first person that introduced me to Eminem in his car. Uh, I think we were leaving a rave. I don't remember, but big ups, Barbarifer, a.k.a. Insurrectionist. None of you know what that is. You don't need to. My guest today is Brendan Sagalo. Uh, he is a diehard fan of Eminem. Uh, you have seen him as a JFL new face this year. 
He's got an incredible podcast with Mike Feeney and Mike Cannon called Here's the Scenario. And when I put up the smoke signal asking about who I should have on for this episode, so many people wrote Brendan. And he's one of my closest friends in New York. I love this guy. Uh, by the way, we had a lot of issues. The SD card that I was using died. So we had to switch. We might have lost uh, some of the podcast. We, we just, we could have kept going, uh, but it fucked up a bunch. So hopefully we can mush this together to make it good. I had a blast. And I know if you're a fan of Eminem and a friend of mine and a fan of Sagalos, you're going to love this. Uh, subscribe to the 500 rate review. Do all of that. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. JoshAdamMyers.com for tickets. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Evan. For all things 500, go to the website, the500podcast.com. All right, y'all. We're getting ready to have a nice episode of this podcasty with the blasty, the flasty, coming through like a nasty, the Slim Shady LP by Eminem, Flem Flem. 275, guys. Here we go. All right. It's so funny. Like, um, like I don't listen to Eminem ever. Let me move this so I can see. Very you. interesting to me that out of all of your music taste, somehow Eminem has completely, you know, not. It never was in there. He was never it was in never, there. It was never in there. I, That's I don't, so strange to me. I don't, but here's the thing is that I look at Eminem as like uh, a very important figure For sure, in yeah. my lifetime because I, I don't think I've ever seen more people that I was friends with become obsessed with him. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, and I got caught up because like, well, here, let's, you know, we're here with um, Brendan Sagalow. Thank, Thank you, you for, for being me. here. Thank you for having me. I have never wanted to do anything more than talk about Eminem, Eminem. for for however long we're doing this. Well, they yeah. know because I put out the smoke signal on yeah. Twitter and I got at least 10 messages saying you got to go with SAG. And yeah. I was like, I was like, per and I, I don't even think. And then you DM me and I was just like, yeah, dude, it's done. Yeah, yeah. I saw that because someone had tagged me in it. So I saw it and I was like. I yeah, I'll take any chance I get to talk about this guy. This is it. This, this is it for you. This, this is, is it. This is everything. My whole life has led to this moment. I'm like, yeah, I'm like the quarter in uh, There Will Be Blood or whatever the fuck. What's that movie? No Country for no Old Country Men. No Country for Old Men. But it's yeah, so funny. I'm the you're, quarter. You're like, this is the most important thing, even though I made you buy your own water for the way up here. God, I was like, I was taking a bath. And it's so funny when you say to someone like, oh, buy, buy a water and I'll pay you back because it's like, I'm not taking your money for this water. Oh, I'm paying. Well, you got the cheapest one. I got the cheapest one i'm not taking your money for the for the for the water i would have it's bought crazy. you one of the ones with like enzymes in it and like all the good stuff that. yeah that's what i do you I, I get spoil. the one with enzymes in it i spoil my guest but i have but i've already given you a joint well, and i've given you i'm gonna yeah, give you a you, hoodie yeah i'm giving yeah. you like you're gonna leave here like full-handed is, is that the hoodie right there no that's a hoodie i got from a pizza place in new jersey that okay. barstool ranked it the best pizza ever Wow. And me and another Barstool. comic, uh, I did one of those Danny Braff shows mm -hmm. and he, um, he was like, you need to go to this pizza place. Cause we had talked about it. And so he actually called ahead. So my order was waiting for me Wow, and it was great, which uh -huh. I would never eat a full pizza before a headlining set. Of course. But yeah. I ate a pizza uh, and then two slices of like their clam pizza. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big, uh, not eating before the show kind of thing, but I never do it. I just, I'm like, I'll do, I, I forget halfway through. I like, 
one of those guys where I just remind myself why I don't do something constantly. Well, we move around. Yeah. We're not like static performers. I move more than you do. But, oh, yeah. But I mean, there, there is, it's something like if I eat, I can eat a chicken Caesar salad and be fine. I can't eat a whole pizza and, no. and breadsticks that no. that's without a doubt. I like, continuously have burgers before sets and I regret it every single time. Every, Why? every single Why time. Why did you do it? It's because I don't eat. And then the show comes and they're asking if I want dinner. And I, of course I want dinner cause I'm starving. Yes. And then I, I'll eat a giant burger and just sweat on stage. So speaking of sweating on stage, Yes. Where did you grow up? <laughs> I thought I was like, ooh. Um, that actually gave me Segway blue balls. I, th- I was like, ooh, where's this going? Uh, Long Island, New York. You grew up in Long Island. Yeah. Um, rough part of town? No. Like, no. what was it like? Quite, quite the opposite. I grew up in Syosset, New York, which is like one of the wealthiest towns in Long Island. It's not the wealthiest, but it's like upper middle class. Uh, it's Long Island, Suffolk or Nassau? Nassau. Nassau. Okay. Like, I mean, we're on a different, uh, like I'm 43. You are 18. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 31. You're 31. So I'll be be 32 in like June. So how did you get into hip hop? Like was Eminem the catalyst that got you? No, it was funny. It was like, I was, I was, you know, I, I was really into I wasn't really into hip hop to the point where like I knew what was like what I was talking about, but I liked rap music and hip hop music better. Everything I heard, like the first album I ever bought was Little Bow Wow's In the Dog Pound or something. Which one's in the that? Dog House. What's on That's there? His, um, What's what, on what that one? What fucking songs are on there? We're playing basketball. Is that him? No, that's, I think so. <laughs> no, but I have no <laughs> idea what it was. So I got that. And I also, my first cassette ever was this is how young I am was uh Will Will Smith's Willennium. That was my first cassette. That That's I ever getting got. jiggy with it. That's getting jiggy with yeah, 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 exactly. Uh Miami, I think. Or I don't know. That's definitely getting jiggy with it. The um what year did that come out? That's like that's like I think 19, that's 98. 90, yeah, 97, 98 because I was yeah. I was when when getting jiggy wait, is I'm thinking of Man in Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that on the same record? Yeah, that's on that record. All right, then, then that's like ninety-seven, big Willie style, maybe ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Because I was a camp counselor at a daycare, and uh, Men in Black that summer, Men in Black came out, and everybody they would do like these organized dances where people not like a dance off, but they would choreograph something with the kids, and one of them was the Men in Black soundtrack. Yeah, which is so funny is that was like the pinnacle most popular hip hop song of that. how bad hip hop was. <laughs> pop oh, hip hop. Not mainstream. It was pop hip hop. Pop yeah. hip hop. Because if you were actually listening to Wu Tang, yeah, th- that was true. The yeah, there's the roots. There's so much good. I got into hip hop. Let's go through my little skadoodle before I, we go back to you. It's okay. Like, I, I was uh, always heavy metal. Always. Uh, from a very, very young age. Iron Maiden, then nice. Guns N' Roses, then Motley Crue. And that was like my progression of like bands I was obsessed with. And then uh, in sixth grade, uh, all the cool kids in my class were black. Uh, Tyron Trammell and uh, fuck a few others. Mark Spaulding, maybe. Yeah. And I wanted I was getting into basketball. So I then became black. Sure. As Uh, as we all do. I went full wig, full wigger. I haven't Uh, really gotten out of that yet. But yeah, you're more punk rock. 
but but now you're actually if you wore tighter clothes, you would be considered what yeah like, yeah like a little what bit. hip-hop is now it kind of it's kind of molded together right now like emo and hip-hop are kind of like that's what's popular emo hip-hop like, yeah like xxx tension oh don't say anything bad about him no actually do it because then it might get some fucking some attention to the 500 <laughs> But I, I became, I, I became, um, uh, like really into, I mean, it was NWA and, and public enemy and certain right. things like that tribe called quest a little bit later. And I, and then I, I somehow remember Snoop Dogg, uh, getting that record. Um, yeah. and then, and then I got all grunge and it was like straight grunge, like stone temple pilots, uh, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, blah, 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 blah. Uh -huh. And then in my senior year of high school, um, I, I somehow discovered Wu-Tang and then that was it. Yeah. Obsessed with Wu-Tang on a level that, that I don't think, uh, I've ever had that kind of musical obsession ever. It was, yeah. I would not only buy Wu-Tang, yeah. but I would buy any of the other groups that yeah. were a part, Killer Army, Sons of Man, uh, yeah, exactly. you know, Grave Diggers, whatever. If RZA was a part of it, I was in. Sure. And... Then I go to Europe. I drop. Well, I go to college for a year. I drop out. I then go to Europe for about seven months backpacking. I come back and then I start going to raves, uh, which which raves. Uh -huh. it, it's dance music. <laughs> yeah. But hip hop is still this like really big thing. You at know, the raves. I mean, not maybe at the raves, but just I mean, dance music. The clothing style of rave in the of rave style clothing in the nineties, late nineties, is like you know, hat tilted to the side. Sure, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's whatever people wearing hip hop. They're wearing baggy, but we're wearing like super baggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and and then uh, I I have this one friend who uh, who actually just messaged me and sent me pictures recently. Who's now like a high school principal. Uh, Mike uh, Barbarisi. I'm not going right. to say anything bad about him, so yeah, I'll give his course. full name. Um, <laughs> okay. Mike is the one that I remember puts on uh, this record. I think it was a single at first for My Name Is. Oh, yeah, and yeah, And then yeah. once I heard right. that, it was like Eminem was everywhere. Takes over. Everywhere. Well, you know, because what's so great about rap and hip hop in a way, what what I f fucking love about it is not not only are like the guys you listening to you're listening to, they're like fucking cool, you know, they're like so cool. But if you if you you start to memorize the lyrics and then you feel cool, you feel like you're rapping it. You're I'm walking around like this is this is me and and you know I feel I feel very cool. That's what I liked about it. I didn't feel that way with with really any other music. Like there's music where I'm like I feel angry and yeah. stuff, but like. Even to this day, hip hop, I'm like, I, I, I'm like walking to spots, having to listen to it. You know, where did you first hear Eminem? Tell me that moment that I it remember came exactly in. where I Please. was. Yeah, I was at the Broadway Mall in Hicksville in Long Island, and I got in my buddy Sam Gursky is his name. Um, I'm gonna say his full name because he is a pedophile. Oh fuck! No, is he really? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you were like, I'm not saying anything bad about him, so I'll say his full name. Uh, but yeah, Sam Gursky, we got in his car, his mom picked us up at the mall, and it was playing on the radio. And I was immediately like, oh, this is amazing. You know, because like you're yeah. into it, but there's kind of like when you're especially a white kid and especially in and, you know, growing up in Long Island where it's like, you know, they're just houses like there's no this isn't I, I didn't grow up poor. And you know what I mean? So it's like 
I can't relate to the music that I like. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh shit, man. Like I, 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 f there feels to be like a disconnect, especially if they're black. You know what I mean? Cause sure. I'm like, I can't relate to this at all, but I love it so much. Then you got a guy that kind of looks like you doing the thing that you're like, this is so cool. You, I didn't even know it was possible for like someone who looked like me to be doing this and people be like, yeah, it's good. You know, like every, ever, every white guy that tried to do it, people were like, you're white, can't do it. No, well, in, in the, but besides like milk bone, I was, and, I don't even know who the fuck that is. Uh, that's a white rapper. That's a real rapper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From why, like we, why does it always have to it's be? It's gotta like be something like that. Yeah. Vanilla ice. <laughs> Fucking yeah, white yeah, yeah, chocolate. Yeah, exactly. Fucking the, the pale bambini or whatever. Yeah, even Slim Shady sounds white. It sounds white. It yeah. sounds white. Eminem. You know, it's a it's a delicious candy, but um, it's got a, it's you know it's enjoyed by white people. Black people like the sugary stuff, but more of a <laughs> more of a gummy a yeah, gummy yeah. chewy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, please don't cancel me for that. I, <laughs> I actually but, got lost because I heard a. Sissing uh, sound. That's my it's my radiator. radiator. Yeah. Oh my god. You know what black people really like? And Here I don't know go. if you realize this. Easy, they easy. love they love hibachi. Really? Yeah, Benny Hanna. Benny Hanna is is a go-to birthday celebration spot for and I'm just gonna say I mean, for everybody too. Uh -huh. But but black people love Fucking it. Fucking love it. Love it. I when I was at uh House of Comedy in Minnesota, I did hibachi two nights there and they just cause I was by myself, they just sat me at tables. <laughs> so twice I was at a black, a black birthday party and a black <laughs> That's uh, what's yeah, that's really funny. They sit with they sit you with another person's party. And I'm and I'm this I'm by myself, so yeah. I'm just like just a, just a solo motherfucker or yeah, enjoying yeah. Your hibachi. Tables, they, were, they were they weren't singing happy birthday, they were singing it like uh, happy birthday. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Dude, fuck yeah, man! I joined a, in. While, a, while an onion volcano is just just notice this moving forward, <laughs> uh -huh. you will there. You will know. Everybody loves hibachi, but black people love, love hibachi. <laughs> hashtag if you're listening to the podcast, hashtag hip, to, not hibachi. What the fuck is it? Hibachi. Yeah. Hashtag hibachi on any post. All right. Continue. Right. So I heard. I heard. Hi, my name is on the radio everywhere. It was, it, it was everywhere. It, it was yeah. it was so quick to explode. It was immediately like this is different. It's it wasn't like it was it he was just immediate star in my eyes. Like I didn't feel I didn't feel like a oh yeah, I remember that guy. Oh, he's got oh, another another hit, you know. There wasn't like a oh, this is just a one-hit wonder, which is like it's really funny there's these old Eminem, you know, I go back, I'll watch old Eminem stuff and all the time. And when he did Stern, this guy called in and was like, you're a one hit wonder. You know, he even lied about his age on Stern, which I noticed. He said he was like 24. But when that album came out, he was like 25, 26, I think. Or maybe 25. Really? Maybe he was 24. He is very uh, ageist. Um, not like you just can't tell. Like you, he, yeah. I would have thought you were about to say he was 18 Dude, when this came out. Yeah. When I was when I was a kid, I thought he was like a 40 year old man. Really? I, had, I had no idea. I would have gone the other way. I was like, he's a grown man. That is a grown man, but he was really 25 or whatever, 24, 25. So what do you identify with? Was it, was it, you see my name is like all of us. Yeah. And do you immediately go, Hey, he's the same color as me. Well, or do you go, the, the lyrics are the lyrics some of the best are MC. amazing. Yeah. I didn't know you could rap like that. The like couplets and the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the sound rhymes and stuff like that, where it's like, even like him, like on that record, he says like, uh, you know, I, uh, I, 
kick the door in and the the door hinge and the orange he does that on the record rhyming orange and stuff which at that time everybody was like you know what doesn't rhyme with anything <laughs> orange and silver or whatever the fuck and then he's saying like my four inch orange 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 and like hearing that i was like oh my god like is this the best thing i've ever heard because also for me personally at that time I hadn't, I knew like radio rap. I had like heard Dre and stuff a little bit and like nothing really, but like Eminem, uh, Will Smith and Bow Wow, Little Bow Wow were like my introductions to hip hop. Yeah. I thought rap was here come the men in black. You know what I mean? And then, uh, and then this dude comes out. He looks like me. We have the same color eyes. He's like doing the thing that I want to do. You know, because I, I think I've always wanted to be uh, a rapper, even at that time. And I don't know. It was just it was like and he, yeah, it, it, there was all that stuff. And then, like, as you get older. So, like, when the Marshall Mathers LP came out, which we're, I won't talk much about. because No, you can do this. Okay, is, we're okay. going to I'm going to go through a whole spiel. We'll, we'll dig into this record because there's I want to find out. I don't know anything about him prior to the takeoff. I just know Eminem from. Yeah. My name is he's a superstar. Yeah. So uh, to, I, yeah. I like learned everything about him okay. when I when this when hi, my name is Ken. I like looked up everything about him. Like how just got well, I like asked, you know, I I, I like. Well, there was the internet at the time. I mean, but barely. Like I would barely. look up like Google images and stuff. You know, like, that was back in the day. Whatever. 90, when this came out, that was when I was masturbating to a website yeah. called BustyAmateurs.com. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Whatever was the was the uh, browser then. I remember looking up like stuff like, like that. info search or like something like there that. Was, remember that was back when there was not there was not only Google, there was Yahoo, Google, yeah. MSN, Ask, AOL, Jeeves. AOL. I was a on. I had an AOL screen name. My Everybody screen, did. What was what my was screen name was hotdog nine six four at AOL.com. Mine was MC Jawa. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, it was. That's I, a good I was, one. Because my mom used to call me Jawa. And so that was, you know, before he came out, I've already started to shekels, which we talked about on Himbo's. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so I forgot. I, I was telling my whole fucking history, and I forgot to even drop that I was in the shekels. And I've talked about it on the podcast before. All yeah. Jewish hip-hop group. Me, Paul, uh, my buddy Mike. So... I was Cracker Jack, MC Jawa, or MC Nietzsche. Those are my aliases. And then yeah. I had, then Paul was MC Colcock. Uh, and then uh, Mike was Dead Cat. Hello out there. Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Porn, Satan, drugs, therapy. It's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend. I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table. Featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics, they all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. 
and Decent with Kiki Anderson. Where NSFW meets LMAO. Mwah. And we That's a would, good name. It was always, oh, dude. We, 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 dude. Branding wise, we <laughs> were great. Music wise, it was straight butt cheeks. Yeah, but we rhymed over, uh, you know, like I said, Killer Army instrumentals, some Wu Tang, some funk instrumentals, sure. some video game instrumentals. That when we realized you could put in a like a Sega, not Genesis, but Dr not Dreamcast, what was ever. The Sega, like, CD-ROM, maybe even PlayStation, like the original PlayStation, if you put the PlayStation oh, disc yeah. into a CD player, the tracks that were on the album that they played in the background yeah. during the game, you'd be able to, like, listen to. Oh, really? Yeah. Of the, so we, of the game? You can put it in a CD player so and it would play it? We would we would rhyme over... My buddy had the, the uh, Die Hard video you game. You guys are rhyming over Super Mario Brothers? Doom. <laughs> All these bitches be tripping with the coming through with the bitches and the But good, that's actually pretty dope, dude. Coming through with the bitches, coming through with the bitches and the That's that's my that's my fucking jam. So the shekels, I was already rhyming before the shekels uh, before Eminem actually popped because this I'm looking right now this came this says this came out in 1999 which I, I'm in yeah. shock I could have sworn this was 98 I think he was popping in 98 like he like hi my name is came in at the if I'm wearing a guess it came in at the end of 98 the album itself was released in 99. So I so like I had been interested in him from the Slim Shady LP like I thought it was awesome. I didn't tell my parents or anything. And then there was also like kind of a lore around him. Like at that time, like he wasn't really in my face as much, but I knew I was really interested in it. And then when the Marshall Mathers LP came out and all that controversy kept stirring and they kept talking about him and my mom had, I mean, listen how cruel this is. My mom bought me the Marshall Mathers LP like like edited or whatever like uh, uh censored for my birthday they listened to it on the ride from best buy to my house and returned it in that in that in that ride they went he, he can't listen to this then they came home and told me they did that and i was like jesus christ so my mom was very much like you can't listen to this dude and i remember like i was thinking about it today like I was in my car driving to camp and I, I, I and, and you're, you're driving to not camp driving to camp. My mom's driving me to camp. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, dude. I was in a car, you know, it was I'm really, a, really lax back then. In, 19 in year old camp, dude. Yeah. <laughs> just, 19, just a bunch of fucking, Oh, this know, was last week. Freshmen in college going to camp, Seneca Creek camp, dude, got the overnight coming up. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, but I remember my mom being like, did you know his real name is Marshall? What a nerd. And I was like, yeah, what a nerd. And then my mom like took a beat and she went you know you can like him like you know there you don't have to like she i think she felt bad i think she felt bad that she knew i liked the guy and i was because i couldn't listen to him being like fuck that guy i think she felt something that she was like oh my god so but then the marshall mathers lp is where you, i really it just lined up with like my age and like being angry for no reason you like you don't we know what, what pisses us off like we know what's in our yeah like what what puts us in a bad mood if you're in a bad mood you can trace it back we're adults we know how to do that now you could trace it back to something that you're like oh that's what pissed me off my chick said this or this club is fucking lame what, whatever yeah, yeah but at the time when you're a little kid and you don't know why you're feeling bad or what those feelings are somebody uh, he he's not talking about anything i can relate to but 
the anger is what you can relate to. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the, the being pissed off and like, man, I wish I could express myself as Cause this is how mad I am for, I don't know why, you know, like what, like whatever my parents might've blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know, but, and then it also made you feel so cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you, it feels like he was talking to you. You, you you couldn't have said that any better of, of capturing the anger that you hear in this record. Yeah. It's like he is, he is, you know. Well, in the Marshall Mathers LP especially. But sure. This one, the Slim Shady LP, not angry, not that angry, but, but like, you you're, know. No, you're, listen, I, I, when I, mean, I would, there are songs like Rock Bottom and If I Had that are like pissed off, but nothing like. I mean, you can hear it in, in Just Don't Give a Fuck. Like, he's yeah. basically telling everybody like, like, I don't give a shit. Like, you can do whatever. Sure. That was actually funny because I tried to buy My Name is on Single and I couldn't. Without getting Just Don't Give a Fuck. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, My Name is, you couldn't get the single. Yeah. I could only buy Just Don't Give a Fuck. Yeah. Um, so you got Just Don't Give a Fuck. You got Just Don't Give a Fuck instrumental. And then you got uh, I Think Hi My Name Is on that on that single. I would still say that this is, you know... Maybe you are right. Maybe he's a lot angrier in the second record. Besides he's definitely this one. a lot angrier in the second record because he's in the first one. He's silly. He's he's silly. There's there is a fed upness about it with with songs like if I had, which is like, you know, if I had a million dollars kind of shit. Uh, and then rock bottom where he's like, he's like, this song is for anybody who fucking can't get, you know, like there's songs like that where it's like. Well, it's like, oh, fuck. And then you can also kind of see that in like 97 Bonnie and Clyde, which is that song about uh, where he's baby talking, killing his wife to his child, which is like silly. But there's you could sense the anger in it. But then the rest of them are like and then just don't give a fuck. And I still don't give a fuck. Very angry records. But then you have my fault, which is very silly. You have uh, come on everybody, which is very silly. You have uh, As the World Turns, which is very silly. But even in like these silly songs, when he says fuck, you can hear how fu how mad he is. Because he's like, fuck. Like, fuck. Like, there's that, there's that, there's that, you know, when he's like, you know, fuck. Met this fucking chick, you know, like that. Yeah. Where it's like, even the silly stuff, he's, he's angry. But most of this record is like, Silly and look how good I can rap and like, you know, it's very look how good I can rap. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do a little spiel on what got him to this record. All right. So Marshall Bruce Mathers, the, the third. third. Oh, you knew that. A.K.A. Eminem, A.K.A. Slim Shady. Eminem was born in 72 in Missouri after 73 hours of labor that almost killed his mother in the process. His parents were in a band called Daddy Warbucks playing. You know this? I didn't know that. No. Oh, there you go. Playing, That's crazy. Playing hotel. I actually didn't know that. I went to, trust me, dude. Adam Adam Fines uh, playing hotels around the Dakotas in Montana before they separated. During his childhood, he and his mother shuffled back and forth between Detroit and Missouri, mm -hmm. rarely staying in one place for more than a year or two. Yeah. When they did settle in Detroit, he was one of three white families on the block and often was beaten up for it. Uh, Eminem. That, yeah. Go ahead. What do you guys have? No, I was just going to flex more fucking than I know a lot of shit. Oh, no. But, but, I was going to literally be like, I was going to ask something in a way that made you go, oh, he knows something. But go ahead. Ask I it. was going to go, oh, was that on Dresden Street? <laughs> was that the, was that the street he lived on? Oh, Dresden. That's exactly what I was going to do. I was going to go, it must be Dresden to make uh, you go, oh, he knows. Oh, he knows. I, I, it's not in here. So I'm just going to go, I don't know. 
It was. <laughs> Dred- Dresden. I assure you it was. Eminem's home life was seldom stable. He frequently fought with his mother, whom a social worker described as having a very suspicious, almost paranoid personality. He became interested in storytelling and wanted to be a comic book artist before discovering hip-hop. Mm-hmm. The first song he heard was Ice-T's Reckless after yeah. an uncle he was close with got him the breaking soundtrack. You know Ronnie? Ronnie. <laughs> breaking. When Ronnie... Got him the breaking soundtrack as a gift. His uncle was also his. Uh, hold on, hold on. I do know this. His uncle was musical also his mentor. Yay! Yeah, he showed him like LL Cool J and stuff. Yeah, but do you know what happened to his uncle? Killed himself in in Detroit. Ninety one. <laughs> Ninety one. The year I was born. He began. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh fuck off, dude! Ooh, You're a baby. I'm a young baby. He began rapping at age fourteen and released his first album. Infinite. In 1996 on an independent label. It achieved very little commercial success as and was largely ignored by... Everyone. Well, Detroit radio station. Detroit radio station. That's, that's all-encompassing, sure. They said it, it sounded like uh, AZ and Nas. They said he said that's what he was like. They were like, this sounds too much like AZ and Nas. I don't know AZ, but Nas is, I mean, dude, fucking Illmatic. Yeah, of we course. did that on here, and that was like... Just blew my mind. Of course, yeah. The commercial disappointment from this experience greatly influenced his lyrical style. After that record, every rhyme I wrote got angrier and angrier. A lot of it was because of the feedback I got. Motherfuckers was like, you're a white boy. What the fuck are you rapping for? Why don't you go into rock and roll? All that type of shit started pissing me off. So his personal struggles and abuse of drugs. Prescription okay. drugs. Methadone. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. And alcohol around his, this period culminated in suicide attempts. Yeah. He tried to kill him. I think I thought he said he tried to kill himself once. I just remember that later he got when he was really getting into drugs. When, well, like, like Clonopin and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, which, before he even got big, he tried to kill himself. Yeah, once. which is so crazy. Yeah. I, I, I get it, though. I mean, so, like, he comes from a poor family. He uh, his, his mom it, and dad are, you know... Uh, separated split, separated his, the uncle that he loves kills himself his mom uh is uh the, not stockholm syndrome but munchausen by, by proxy, by proxy yeah. Ooh. his mom was putting like prescription drugs in his cereal to make him feel like he was sick so that she could take care of him and everything like that is that true that's true he wrote that in well, his book he, he well yeah he's he talked about that yeah he also talked about that on cleaning out my closet wow he goes, uh what does he say he goes uh Sometimes I think your mother is dissing. Take a second to listen before you, before you hear this record is dissing. Just put yourself in my position of trying to envision witnessing your mama popping prescription pills in the kitchen. Bitching that someone's always going through the person shit's missing. Going through public housing systems. Victim of Munchausen syndrome. Wow. Yeah. Hey, I got to give him credit. Um, you know, he, he is an open book. Like he really is, dude, he's, he's, he's Nanette. He, I mean, you know, everything about him, which is what made him so appealing to me in another way where it was like listening to him was not just like, oh, this is great music. Listening to it is like taking this adventure of like, holy crap, this guy is such an open book. He's saying everything that's happened in his life. I can't relate to a lot of the shit. So it's like even more interesting on that, you know, and like. It just, it was like, it was like every album, the first listen was like, you had to just lit, like, it was a fucking adventure. It was going 
on this. It was like reading a book. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he was telling you everything. It wasn't just like, oh, that's a good song. Oh, that's a good song. Oh, I can see myself dancing to that. He's like talking about shit that so, so amazingly and so uh, articulately that and making it rhyme at the same time. And it's uh, just amazing. Yeah. I, it's funny that you said danceable music. I mean, maybe the hits like sure. Hits, I used to yeah. DJ uh, middle school and high school dances like right around Slim Shady. When, not Slim Shady, uh, the album after this, Marshall Mathers. Marshall Mathers. And, I mean, when you'd put on the real Slim Shady, like, the crowd would fucking Loves lose it. it. Yeah. Uh, they knew every word. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, without Me. All all the big, like, which are also, like, the cheesiest songs yeah. on the records. Even My Name Is. I mean, My Name Is is what a great way, and we'll get more into that, but it's such a great way to, like, introduce yourself to the world yeah. and, and to have that kind of splash when that came out, but here we'll, we'll get to all of that. All right. So the disappointment commercially also inspired Eminem to create the alter ego, slim shady, uh, boom, the name hit me. And right away, I thought of all these words to rhyme with it. Slim shady served as Eminem's vent for his frustration and rage to the world. In the spring of 97, he recorded the eight song extended play slim shady EP during this time. Great album. Great. Is it just this? It's great. an EP. So that, that EP and like the songs that they didn't put on. So the songs that they took from the Slim Shady EP were If I Had and Just Don't Give a Fuck. And that's it. Those were just the two songs that were on the Slim Shady EP. There were songs like Low Down and Dirty is a song that's on the EP. That's really fucking good. Murder Murder is a really good song. If uh, there's If I Know or something, If I Knew mm-hmm. is a good is a really good song that they just didn't put on the the debut record. Okay. Uh, During this time, Eminem and his girlfriend, Kim, lived in a high-crime neighborhood with their newborn daughter, Haley, where their house was burglarized numerous times. After being evicted from his home, Eminem traveled to Los Angeles to to participate in the Rap Olympics, an annual nationwide rap battle competition. He placed second. Who won? Juice. This guy guy named Juice. Juice? Yeah. What's Juice now? Uh, (laughs) Honestly, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think he's still... I looked that up because I looked up the Rap Olympics recently because it's all on tape. And honestly, it's not. Honestly, Juice did take him like he was more articulate as like he was better than Eminem. But Eminem was like faster. And I think the fact that he was white was like a big thing. Sure. And like, like, yeah, he wasn't that good. I was watching it and I was like, yeah, this guy deserved to win this. Hey folks, before we go any further, I just wanted to let you know about a really cool new series from Next Chapter Podcast that I'm really excited to tell you about called Beef. Now on the 500, we've covered a lot of great hip-hop records that dealt with feuding rappers insulting each other lyrically and sometimes assaulting each other physically. But did you know that some of the earliest diss tracks actually date way back to the golden age of soul in the 60s when singers James Brown and Joe Tex took shots at each other in song? And they led to James taking shots at Joe with a gun. It was messy, it was petty, and it's exactly the kind of story that they tell on Beef. Hosted by award-winning podcaster Bridget Todd and featuring interviews with experts from all walks of life, this show tells the stories of rivalries between some of the greatest figures in the worlds of fashion, pro wrestling, and more. Focusing on how these competitors drove each other to make history. I'm talking famous pirate Captain Henry Morgan taking the entire Spanish Empire. I'm talking penthouse and playboy fighting a war over pubic hair. This show has it all. So starting March 1st, be sure to check out Beef wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the show. 
what's funny that you brought up the white thing. If if you think about this, he made it okay to be white and rap. Yeah. Because the Beastie Boys, who, you know, are the originators, if you want to call right. it, of, like, white rap, they're still an old school, like, like punk. Yeah. Like, they started as punk. And, and, and their music, which by this time... This is when Hello Nasty came out. So you're talking like intergalactic yeah. shit like that. But um but I mean, you know, uh the I can't think of any of the names of the albums, but their their albums up until them are more it's like it's like that old school like I have a joke about it it's like when white people rap it's like it's like when you go to like a company party and like some woman goes up and she's like all right Tina from HR has got a rap song everybody yeah, she's yeah. like listen everybody I'm here Here's to my say name. yeah I do Xerox in the major way yeah, yeah Frank yeah. always eats my food out of the kitchen like it's it's hey and so the, this Eminem's the first one to not rap like that no I mean yeah there were there were guys that like because everlast was still out but like even even everlast and like whitey ford and like those guys they they didn't like i don't know man i they didn't seem like it's it just i it felt like yeah you're supposed to be there i guess they kind of seemed spanish to be honest i mean they they had like the the uh, four leaf clovers everywhere and they're like we're from boston and that's our shit like or whatever we're, we're irish and that's our shit but because i think they were they were like so close with cypress that it was like ah, oh, they're spanish yeah you know what i mean yeah and their and their rhyme style it's not on the level pick of it, pack it fiery yeah. duck come oh well I, <laughs> that's that's, that's uh, cypress. i'm thinking i, I don't know i had my Jump Around. A rise to the top, a never zip is up, a never eat a pig, cause a pig is a cop, I better get a terminator. Like I was once a nigga. Hugga, nigga, 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 nigga. Yeah. But Eminem is like, gabba baba, some of the fly fly. He's like, I'm in a mind now. Yo, I'm here with a motherfucking guy, and uh, <laughs> you know. Here with a guy, trying to learn how to cook fries. Trying every to day cook with fries. his eyes. And every time with a eyes. Yeah, yeah, I'm here with, I'm here trying to cook fries with the bad guys. <laughs> and then I kick flies. That's how good I am. <laughs> All right, so he plays second, but the staff at Interscope Records who attended the Rap Olympics sent a copy of Slim Shady to their company CEO, Jimmy Iovine. Jimmy Iovine. Iovine, thank you. Uh, that, was a, that was a name that I was like, God, I, know, I should know this, but I don't know how to pronounce it uh, perfectly. Yeah. But uh, Jimmy played the tape for hip-hop producer Dr. Dre, and he recalled, in, in quotes, in my entire life in the music industry, I have never found anything from a demo tape or CD. When Jimmy played this, I said, find him now. Yeah. Some urged Dr. Dre not to take the chance on Eminem because he was white, but Dre responded, I don't give a fuck if you're purple. If you can kick it, I'm working yeah. with you. And then that leads us to today's record so um yeah you know it's i mean it could all just like ha dr dre didn't know he was white until he met him to be and then after he met him people were like dr dre says that somebody showed a picture of eminem and went look at him his eyes are blue is that who you want and he was like i don't give a fuck and with the jimmy iovine thing that record that was he he had just lost the rap olympics and some fucking kid was like do you have something like that i could check out and he like begrudgingly threw him he, the slim shady ep and hmm. that was the guy that brought it to jimmy iovine wow hey this is dewey Halpas, host of peer pleasure on the sound talent media podcast network join me each week as i explore another long form conversation with one of your favorite musicians actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal, the man, to Fat Mike from NoFX, and Ian MacKay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, 
Peer pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? <laughs> How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 2020-D.com, SoundTalentMedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. Isn't that nuts? Uh, I, it is nuts, but I, I listen, man. It, it's this is my question: is like I would love to know the the uh, racial makeup of what the majority of the people that bought this record are. But you know, like what, like I'm saying, how do I? Well, he, I know you're pick trying it, to pick say, it up. Yeah, you, he, you pick he, it up. So good. Touches what I think you're about to say is the fact that he is white. Is it's like the like. Who are the people that are like, you shouldn't because he's white are white. Is that what you're saying? Like the ones that were advising him or are you talking about no, like it's, a I, part of his success is also the fact that he was a white guy? No, I a hundred percent. I think a major part of his success yeah. is because he's white. Well, like, he, he has that song white America off the Eminem show, uh, which is the first track on it. And he just talks about, he touches on that a lot where he's like, uh, let, let's do the math. If I was black, I would have sold half. I don't have to graduate from Lincoln High School to know that. But I could rap, so fuck school. I'm too cool to go back. Give me the mic. Show me where the fucking studio's at. I, I, I mean, that's incredible. Hold on. I gotta, <laughs> let me do a Patreon question. This is from Ray Engel. Where would you rank Eminem as a hip-hop lyricist? Also, is he under or overrated because he's white? That's, that's a good question. Uh, that's a great question. Question number one, where would I personally rank him? I mean, he's obviously number one to me, but like also I, that's not taking into consideration everyone now who's been birthed by him that could be even considered better than him. I can't think of anybody. I'm sure, you know, I, every time I'm like, you know, you hear like top five, you're like, Oh, fucking biggie Tupac. Eminem, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I go, yeah, but there's like thousands of people that you've never even heard before that none of us have heard that are just like these underground rappers that yeah. could school these people. Yeah. But I also take into consideration as far as GOAT goes, like what they did, how did they uh, change the, the layout of just society and all this shit, blah, 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 blah. But as far as lyricists go, I think he's top three in the uh, of, of famous rappers. He's... Definitely in the top five, definitely in the top three for me, for me personally. I think there, uh, somebody just put out like a top 20 or top 50 greatest MCs of all time. And Eminem's in there. Yeah. And I think that you have to put him in there. I mean, in truth be told, he's probably got more records sold and streams than, than Biggie and oh, Tupac yeah. and everything. And I think that is because like being, being this great lyricist is one thing. Uh, like there's like that guy, everybody talks about big L. Who, who died yeah. way before he blew up. Um, yeah. And if let's say he doesn't die and he has a career, I, I still don't think you reached the masses that Eminem did because it was like, I mean, just, a, he, you know, my name is comes on 
it, it was such a it was such a jarring song because like you said those rhymes are so different those couplets yeah and and then he's just this skinny white kid with blonde hair yeah it's, and it's pretty crazy and he's co-signed by Dr. Dre exactly which is like so even the, like so you just immediately go oh well this is yeah. he's legit yeah exactly because there's been a there was like an attempt at a ton of white rappers coming out probably over the years there's always been an attempt at one and none of them ever like got past being corny i think if i were to if i were to assume but when you have that co-signed by dr dre there's like a well is dre losing it or is does he know what the fuck he's talking about and even at the time too dre had been falling off like he, he had the chronic but which then, was huge 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 but then he had another album right after that that didn't really do that well. And he was actually like with Luke, aftermath. I think it was like, there was this, something like that. Yeah. Not like boom, 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 shake the room. That's, right, right. Um, that's uh, Will Smith, but where's the one <laughs> God damn it. But that album wasn't doing too well. And Dr. Dre was falling off. And I think he, he was, uh, uh, owing people money. Like I think he was losing money and then he, and then he got Eminem. So they kind of just both helped each other out. Yeah, well, like, according to this, um, the so the chronic comes out in '92, and in '99 is when he drops 2001. Yeah, which was huge. I mean, that was like, yeah, it was enormous. Um, but I, I just don't think, like, dude, I just remember, I just remember like how obsessed Barbarisi became with Eminem, and I just couldn't click over. It's so hard not to, yeah. When, when, when the, I, I think it's like that. I, I, but I think when that bug hits you of like, oh, this guy's awesome. It's hard to not just like idolize the dude. Yeah. You know? Let's find out what the stats of this record. We have any, the Slim Shady LP coming in at 59 minutes is an expanded and more polished update to 97 Slim Shady EP. It, the LP is the second album. Uh, it's his major label debut. They recorded it at Studio 8 on 8 Mile Road in Ferndale, Michigan. Was that, that's the EP? No, this is this. Oh, this, this is, is the this LP. record. Okay. Uh, it's got, it features West Coast hip hop, G-Funk, and horrorcore musical styles. The majority of the LP lyrical content is written from the perspective of Eminem's alter ego named Slim Shady, who he created in 97. Uh, although many of the lyrics on the album are considered to be satirical, Eminem also depicts his frustrations of living in poverty. Yeah. It debuted at number two on the Billboard 200, just below TLC's fan mail, and number one on the top R&B hip-hop album charts. The album was a critical and commercial success, with critics praising Eminem for his unique lyrical style, dark humor lyrics, and eccentric personality. The first single, My Name Is, became Eminem's first entry on the Billboard 100. The album won Best rap album i didn't know that at the 2000 grammy awards while my name is one best rap solo performance and a year later uh it was certified quadruple platinum and is now five times platinum wow um it, the this underground uh rapper eminem turned him into a high profile celebrity he became a highly controversial figure due to his lyrical content which which some perceived to be misogynistic and a negative influence on american youth uh yeah. Eminem acknowledged the accusations and clarified, I have a fairly salty relationship with women. Um, I thought it was just Kim. No, he. It, it's a lot about Kim, but it's like women in general. His whole thing was like, fuck bitches forever, you know? Like, 
women's women are awful fuck them kill them all that shit not just kim but like she's the rat king in his eyes i'll never forget when you know the marshall mathers record came out and he says the f word he says like you know he talks about derogatory towards gays yeah I mean, big ups to him for the real Slim Shady, that song, because, like, he called out, like, Jessica Simpson and Britney Spears. He was calling and, out, like, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, and all that. I mean, just... Well, that, what he was doing with that was, like, because after this album came out, because he was white and because he was blonde and because of the commercial success that it got, he was being compared to, like, NSYNC and all them, and they were, like... Comparing him to, so he was trying to, uh, like distance himself. From sure. That. But I mean the balls on you. I mean, you it's, he had one good record. He had one good record at that time. And then he puts out the Marshall Mathers and he's just like, fuck you. Fuck you. Exactly. Fuck you. I love that. That's like, that's like another thing that I think about when people are, especially in comedy, when people are trying to like, it, it makes me like so angry when like, finally some like guys like us finally if and if we if it's even possible sometimes it's not even possible sometimes it never even happens but we finally break and we finally get some sort of commercial success and then people start talking shit on like how we're we speak if you're like kind of a controversial guy it's like hey fuck you you weren't there in the beginning when i was always like this yeah and now that i have any success which is hard to do especially and now we're talking about eminem especially as a white guy in rap music uh and now you're saying now you you got a problem with what i'm saying like fuck you yeah where were you when i was working at uh, uh whatever washing dishes yeah so uh let's he basically covered he, he finds uh, he has a fairly salty relationship with women, but most of the time when I'm say, saying shit about women, when I'm saying bitches and hoes, it's so ridiculous that I'm taking the stereotypical rapper to the extreme. I don't hate women in general. They just make me mad sometimes. Uh, he continued regarding being a negative influence on the youth. My album isn't for younger kids to hear. It has an advisory sticker. You must be 18 to get it. That doesn't mean younger kids won't get it, but I'm not responsible for every kid out there. Yeah. I'm not a role model. I don't claim to be. That reminds me of, uh, fuck, I think he did the song. Uh, and in the, I forget what the song was, but in the music video, he had like Manson because they blame it on Manson. That's the way I and am. Then, yeah, yeah, it's like. You know, yes, Manson, you yeah. know, is is the music is is, you know, satanic or you want to call it like it can be perceived as that. But it's still like just because yeah. the Columbine guys listen to that doesn't mean that in the song yeah. he's like, go and shoot up. Yo, yeah. school. I'm 100 percent on board of music, video games, movies and TV, although they make things look cool. You got to blame the people that do it. It's it's not if you shoot up your school and you were listening to Eminem while you were doing it. It's not Eminem. It's not M it's the person. If they're going to do that and p to this day we get into arguments about that where it's like, "Well, uh what about the big influence they have? Uh, uh you know, they're saying all of this and they have a huge influence. Hey, if you're going to go out and you're going to kill people, you were going to do that to begin with." Yeah. All right, let's talk about some of the tracks. Um we got to talk about my name is sure. Uh, so we, go ahead. Lo love my name is love the way it goes into it, you know, where it's like because he did that on both of those albums like uh, the the this has been a public service announcement brought to you in part by Slim Shady. 
And then you hear him like, he's like, you can suck his dick. And he's like, if you got a problem with what he's saying, you can kiss his ass. And then he goes, anything else? And then Eminem comes on the record and he goes, yeah. He's like fucking so young. Yeah. Yeah. Don't Don't do drugs. drugs. Hi. It goes right into it. I fucking love that. This is the best song on the record. I I, I disagree. Okay. Hi, Uh, my name is? Don't tell me your best song because I'm going to ask you that at the end. Okay. I don't know. I Look. I mean, it's, a, it's this is what I was going to get to when we were sure. talking off air. Is I don't think this record holds up. I don't think it, it, this was a hard listen to. Um, really? For me, it was. And I love hip hop. Uh, I'm not putting That's it down so as bad. Wild. I just don't think, I think it's very 1998. 1999 right. it's stuck in that whereas right. like there's you could see how he evolved which yeah. i find so funny man is that like you know he's like fuck i'll kill my girl fuck I'm, yeah. you know a barrier in the backyard and then like you know in like the 2010s he's like i'm not afraid sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. to take my well, hand well that has its own kind of thing too like people shit on that album but that's one of my favorite albums the recovery album because again the real the the vibe i can relate to the the not the trying not to let life drown you is uh, a vibe that i get from that album and i can totally relate to it you know but we ain't talking about that one nah, but, but I, yeah but like the the i disagree with the 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 thing about him sounding very 1998 because at that time the hip-hop was boom bap mostly and it was like it was like either boom bap or it was like west coast you know and like you know he didn't or like Tupac was the last guy that was the last Tupac and Biggie were the last big guys and like maybe even Jay-Z but he didn't sound like them he didn't sound like Jay-Z you know you even say it in the in one of the albums where he goes because he has those skits with his manager Paul and one of one of the things he is he's like he's like you know why Dre's album is so successful because he's talking about blunts bitches and 40s you're talking about homosexuals and Vicodin that's that's that is like makes me laugh so much because it's true you, you don't you didn't hear anything like i didn't say anything about the lyrics lyrically i mean this is an ex, an impressive feat of, sure. of hip-hop especially uh from 1999 and he was like we said we've talked about it already he was one of the first guys to really bring that yeah. style of rhyming into pop music but i think beats wise it's just it's very flat beats wise i agree with that beats wise it it is very flat it 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 sounds like uh it sounds like a cartoon in a way it's yeah. like it's giving off that kind of vibe which yeah. i which i i do agree with yeah 97, 97 bonnie and <laughs> great record it was on the slim shady ep as well oh my god it was used in a case i think yes <laughs> it's funny you bring that up so the song's about how he tried to he wants to kill and dispose of uh his his uh, baby mama kim's he already, corpse he already has but in 2014 John Roberts, Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court, quoted this song in arguing that free speech should be protected on social media. And there was a case in Pennsylvania between a man named <laughs> Anthony uh, Illinois who threatened, uh, posted threatening rap lyrics. Uh, he wrote about his estranged wife on Facebook. Yeah. And the judge argued that uh, it's protected the same way Eminem's threats are in this song. And we've done this joke three times now <laughs> but i just couldn't imagine if clarence thomas just having to sit there and listen to, to listen this to it, and, yeah but i mean that's true 
It's everything we said earlier that hopefully didn't get cut out about <laughs> um, about how Manson. You you, you can't blame like that's no. free speech. No, and I think I think like people that bully like there's a difference between someone like Alex Jones who does you know say shit that get because he seems like serious like when you have someone like Eminem or even comedians like saying shit it's always just like yo w this is what we do this is like we're, we're we're not standing in front of a fucking podium here you know like if you think and this is what I said before and hopefully it didn't get lost but if you got somebody who's a teenager or whatever, even adult who shoots up a place and they bl they say, oh, I was listening to Eminem at the time. You were going to do that anyway. You were going to shoot up a place anyway. Yeah. You know what also was interesting that we've talked about already? Bitch. Yes. <laughs> this, this. And I'm happy you mentioned that. You know, fun fact. Fun fun to hit me. It was actually uh, Zoe Winkler, Henry Winkler's daughter who received uh who left a voicemail on someone's phone and Eminem and his people paid $300 to get that voicemail back. That is pretty cool. It's so cool. That and is. you got to hear the voicemail. It's like it's like so real. You can really she's so upset. Is she hot? Let's, let me take a look at what Zoe yeah, Winkler looks let's like. Find what on. she looks like. Zoe. Can I play the voicemail? Or sure, go I ahead. Get, like, taken play it. Zoe Winkler. Yeah. Here we go. She is is she hot? Uh, Look her up in 1999. 1999. <laughs> That's awesome. I love how that ends. I'm now nauseous and I can't eat lunch. Goodbye. That's awesome. That really is. And then that goes into the song Role, Role Model. Model. Yeah, which is, is you know. Another single off of this album. Yeah. Oh, but what I was saying yeah. was, and I think really good comics do this, and I think really good rappers do this too. And this is something he did in the song. We're like, the first thing that you hear is so interesting and whatever that your, your ears perk up. So like this song starts by him just saying, um, okay, uh, I'm, I'm going, going to, to attempt, attempt to drown myself. That's exactly how it starts. You, so can, you can try, try this, this at home. home. You, you can, can be, be just, just like me. me. But like, as a kid, hearing someone say like, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like, I guess not. It sounds pretty tame now, you know. But at the time, hearing as a kid, hearing somebody go, I'm going to attempt to drown myself. Is like, okay, whatever he says after that, I'm listening to this whole thing. And that's and it's, then it's funny that we're talking about this song because. You know, after this, in my opinion, the the record starts kind of really losing steam. Um, you know, there's wow. some there. I know, because I because I, I, I just disagree entirely. I think it picks up. Really, I think like tell me yeah. why. Why do you well, think that? Well, I think the the song where it really picks up is Brain Damage. Obviously, it shows what he can do. Role Model is a really good song. Then you've got you've got Come for Me. Which is just lyrically like um, the beats a little fucking bad, but mm -hmm. come for me is like, I really don't think you're listening to him for his beats on this album. Not you're, at you're all. Like, you're I like, know you really have to just focus on the lyrics. Yeah, you and, really do. And then you have two serious songs. Like you have him, you have if I had, which is very serious, and you have uh, uh, rock bottom after that, which is very serious. And like that song even rolled that. I mean that beats really good too. 
Hey, this is Scott from Fly on the Call. Each week I speak to a different musician, whether they're in an established band like Silverstein or The Wonder Years, or a band on the rise like Spanish Love Songs, Origami Angel, or Meet Me at the Altar. We discuss music and lyrics, the successes and challenges of being in a band, and more, as we get to the core of each artist. The show features musicians of diverse genres and backgrounds, so there's always a chance I'll be talking to your new favorite band. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com. I, I just think it like gets better and better, and then yeah, we'll just. Where keep would you put this album uh, in in his like top five records, or like how would you rank his albums? Top uh, entirely, like mm, all there's nine? a lot. There's a yeah. lot. So where where would you put this? What do you think? So, what's his best record? Best record is the Marshall Mathers LP. Okay, what's two? Eminem show. What's three? Now this is where we get tricky. <laughs> this is where it gets a little tricky because. You want to say the Slim Shady LP, and it might be that, but what's another really great album that he has? You know, I don't think, I don't think there is, I think it is Slim Shady LP, because it's like, this is just a, a part of time, you know what I mean? And then when he got to Encore, and that, that was still a good record, but it wasn't great, and it was the first time where I was like, some of these songs are bad, whereas like, Slim Shady LP, Marshall Mathers, and Eminem show I could listen to entirely. There wasn't one part where it dropped off for me. Yeah. I haven't listened to all those other records. I've listened to the second album, but I haven't listened to, um, you know, the, the other Eminem ones in show. their entirety. No, I just haven't. I, I never was a big Eminem fan. I respected him, and I dug, yeah. like, how talented he was. But I, I just... I just never caught on. I, I was just constantly staying in touch with what that dude was doing. So it was like, not only did I like know everything that was going on was, but he was rapping about it. And in such a cool way that was like, I fucking love that. I love, I love his, you know, he's someone who's saying, I don't give a fuck. And you believe it, you know, no, for like sure. a lot of people are like, no, I don't give a fuck. And you're like, yeah, you do. You care. Uh, Eminem has had lyrical feuds during his career with many recording artists, including Christina Aguilera, Machine Gun Kelly, which was a great one. Yeah. And I love that uh, Machine Gun Kelly's girlfriend, whatever her name is, uh, broke up with him. And then followed Eminem. And then followed Eminem. Yeah. Uh, Everlast, Cage, Insane Clown Posse, yeah. Will Smith, Milkbone, Mariah Carey, Nick Cannon, Limp Biscuit, Benzino, Ja Rule, Vanilla Ice, Cannabis, Jermaine Dupree, Joe Budden, Lord Jamar, and Charlemagne the God. Yeah, I mean, a lot of there's there a lot of those are beefs. There's a few of those where it's like that wasn't a beef. Like his beef with Will Smith was not a beef. There was no there was no beef with Will Smith. Will Smith said at the VMAs or something, he like won a Grammy or some shit. It was either Grammy or VMAs or whatever, and he was like, "See, I could do it without cursing in my records and without uh, telling people I'm going to kill them." It he was talking about Eminem. But I don't think it was like aimed at that. I think it was aimed at like Eminem plus others. Who do you think is a better MC than than Eminem? Like who, who's who's like is he the greatest lyricist of all time? To me, yeah. I can't think of another person who, like in the, in that zeitgeist. I'm sure there are, and I said this earlier. I'm sure there are underground guys that can run circles around this dude. Yeah, but but. As far as like, I can't think of any. I really can't think of any. I mean, Jay Z's pretty close. Nas is pretty close. I yeah. mean, Biggie, all those guys. Like the the guys that, of course, I'm gonna say. You know, I think Biggie Smalls is probably very close. 
I, I, he, I just think he probably had, he, Eminem had to come overcome a lot of shit, you know, yeah. being a white guy. Um, definitely. I definitely think as a lyricist, he's in probably the top 10. Um, after that, I don't know. Let's do uh, some Patreon questions. Okay. This is from Poppin' Fresh Eddie. Which style of Eminem delivery do you like the most? He divides them into the hateful, the somber, or the outright zany. Okay. So maybe not the sound of his voice. He's talking more like the lyrical oh, stuff. I love, I love the hateful. Why? Because I have a lot of like, uh, you know, just anger that I'm like dealing with. You yeah. know what I mean? Where like... That shit just feels the most like uh, natural and raw and like something I can fucking relate to. Just wanting to scream and like just being able to like, cause you know, it's therapeutic. You know, you listen to this song, like he had a, he had a diss track on, I think his best, one of his best diss tracks is a song called girls on the D 12 album that he did. And he's just fucking so mad that, I don't know. It's just, it's fun to listen to dude. Zany is fine, but like, you know, at a certain age, you know, he's doing like the, the, and you're like, dude, what are you a fucking clown? But the zany is where the, is where the, the hits come in. All the, he's all in all the songs that are popular. The big, big songs. Like the way I am is very angry. That is true. But I wouldn't put that. Would you put that in his top songs? Yeah. Definitely. According to Spotify, Mockingbird's the number one song. That sucks. Without Me. Okay. The Real Slim Shady. Yeah. Superman. And then you better lose yourself in the music the moment you better own it. You know what's funny? It's like the Slim Shady song, the Real Slim Shady, is angry in the way that like you you can tell he's angry but it's a little goofy but there's anger in there you know yeah. like you know there is just an anger there like it's what, like when you watch like a, a co- comedian and you're like this guy's fucking angry but but he's you know it's like a Brian Regan kind yeah, of thing yeah 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 um i don't think i know enough Eminem to be able to rank that uh, pop and fresh but uh Quell B Josiah uh, I don't know if this is a question or more a statement. He wrote, in the hierarchy of debut hip-hop albums, the Slim Shady is top five. I would agree with that. Debut? Well, debut I mean, hip-hop uh, albums? Notorious B.I.G., sure. Ready, Ready to, to Die. Die is such a good album. Uh, Ready to Die might be the best debut hip-hop album. Illmatic. Illmatic is also really good, but I put Ready to Die over Illmatic. Can we keep Wu-Tang, Enter the 36 Chambers in there, even though that's we were, we've been that's talking about guys. Sing- it's 12 guys, but <laughs> um, I don't know any that had a bigger impact on on Starp. I mean, dude, it's like this came out. He was a star. He was immediately a star. All right. This so is so crazy. Last one. Roger Downs. Uh, does the final scene of 8 Mile have the same effect on suburban white guys as Rocky does with Italians? That's a good question. <laughs> That's hilarious. For sure. 100%, dude. Um, that last scene is like so good. Yeah, I'm broke. Yeah, I'm dirty. But yeah. you, you, but you were skirty. <laughs> yeah, because you don't really. None of us. I didn't know anything about battle rap, so I was like, to me, that was like, what he kept going, and the and and he also insulted himself. Yeah, <laughs> I am white. I am a fucking bum. 
This yeah. is the first of two times we'll be talking about Eminem on the 500. His follow-up, uh, which we'll bring you back for. Please. I don't know when, but it's we're going to bring you back. It's probably deeper. Oh, no, I'll tell you. It's coming up in October. Um, that's good to know because I'm going to have to record that well, that episode before I go on the road. The Marshall Mathers LP came in at number 244. On the 2020 re-rank, though, the Slim Shady LP dropped down to 352. That's 77 spots. While the Marshall Mathers LP climbed 99 spots to 145. Wow. And then I just want to go through some of his accolades because you kind of have to do it. Uh, global sales of over 220 million records. Eminem is one of the wow. best-selling musical artists of all time. Oh, my God. He has 13 number one records on the Billboard 200, nine solo, two with D12, and one with Bad Meets Evil. He is the best-selling music artist from 2000 to 2009, according to the Nielsen Sound Scan. He's also the best-selling male music artist in the, 2000s, in the 2010s in the United States. He sold... Over 47.4 million albums in the country and 107.5 million singles in the U.S. Um, Eminem is over 10 billion views on his music videos on his YouTube page. Uh, and in 2014, Spotify named him the most streamed musical artist of all time. Wow. Um, 15 Grammy Awards, 8 American Music, 17 Billboard Billboard named him the artist of the decade for 2000 to 2009. And in 2013, he received the Global Icon Award at the MTV Europe Music Awards. And he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which I did not vote for him. You didn't vote for him? I did not because I vote on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thanks to Tom Tom Murillo. You didn't vote for him? I did not. I, I didn't. I get it. He's gonna get in. I yeah. knew he was a surefire guy, He's so I was a like, "Living legend, sure." This guy. But I went with uh, Tribe Called Quest. Well, yes, of course, because nobody's gonna get them in. Eminem versus First Year versus yeah. versus yeah. Tribe Called Quest. Sure, it's, it's gonna be. I think Tribe's already been on sure. there for like five, six years. It's like voting for Nader. Exactly. You're like I mean, you're throwing the vote away. Throwing the vote away. I'm throwing yeah. it away. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah, man. Uh, look, I I I think that. Um, even just talking to you and, and seeing how it affected you and how I know how it affected so many people. Like the, we almost had logic and there'd be no, uh, um, Mac Miller, there'd be no Mac Miller. There would be, I mean, there, let me say they wouldn't be, the, it's, it, it would be harder for him. It would definitely be harder yes. for them yeah. because Mac wasn't even from like a poor neighborhood. You needed somebody like Eminem to be like, to kind of, you know, he, he was poor. He was, he was, that so he was able to he was real like he was it wasn't like this fake like Mark Wahlberg kind of thing where it's like oh the, the, this guy's just pretending to rap and it's like they get on the interviews and and they're like and he's like you know yeah, it's such a good yeah exactly there's an interview with Mark Wahlberg where he's like I know I know exactly what it's like living in the streets I live in the streets you know blah 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 Eminem like he didn't really have to say much about it you know like he just talked about his life and. I don't know. I think I think that was like someone that you're like, oh, okay. So white people can do this, but he can definitely do it because he's kind of more black than he is white. Yeah, in a way, uh, he's he's definitely every all those awards and everything that uh, that they said about being the best artist of the 2010s. I can't think of another artist that was as big as Eminem. Yeah, and Little uh, Wayne. Maybe. Not, not even, not, not globally. No, not like that. Eminem is Eminem is, is well, he's like is Michael like, Jackson. He's it's, he's, you say Eminem 
and everybody knows exactly who you're talking. He's like, that's like Beyonce level. Yeah. That's Madonna. Yeah. You know, he is a global artist. Cause I, I always say, would my dad before he died at yeah. 19, you know, at 69, would he have know, would he know who Eminem was? And I don't know. You said little Wayne, my dad wouldn't. Yeah. 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 Sounds like a rapper, but you say Eminem. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Um, all right. Uh, I ask these questions to everybody. I'm right. excited to find your answers out. Um, first question, favorite song on the record? On this particular record? Yeah. That's that's really hard because um, I really like Role Model. I really like uh, As the World Turns. I used to I used to play that album that song over and over and over again because it's very silly but like the the rhyme schemes are so they're so good but it's silly it's like it's like horrorcore like or like acid rap where yeah. he's, he's telling a story kind of but then also still don't give a fuck is like one of the best ways to end the whole thing I mean the punchlines on that too are like what does he say it's like uh, I'll cut you so fast when your blood your blood spilled it was still blue is like is like is like shit where you're like how do you even think of that I wouldn't yeah. have even thought of that yeah so probably that song still don't give a fuck I, I gotta say my name is because it's just I, I don't get tired of it I know it's cheesy but it's like I don't get tired of the song uh, I mean I could sit there and say guilty conscience is the most clever Brain damage, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, um, role model. Yeah, I, I just, I, I listen. I, but the one I'm taking away from this one is my name is. I know that's the cop out, but it is what it is. It's just but like be, a corny song. To be honest, my new favorite song is "Bitch," um, <laughs> performed by Zoe Winkler. It yeah. says it on here. Yeah. Um. All right. What's your least favorite song on this record? Least favorite song on the record uh, would probably be. What's the my fault is probably my least favorite song just Why? because I it's very silly but it's also like I remember when I was young and it's a the song is about like him accidentally dosing this girl with mushrooms and she dies at the end and he's crying and he's like it's all my fault I killed you I'm like I remember being a little kid being like Jesus this is brutal like tragedy yeah brutal shit but it's a very funny song and it's funny on the edited version of the album the whole song's about mushrooms on pizza like that's how that's how like crazy that song was they had to edit it to completely mean a different thing and he and she had like poisonous mushrooms or some shit but I can skip that song okay. that song I'm like all right um I, I couldn't decide but it's you know it's a, it's a few towards the end. I, I like I said, I, my opinion, honestly, guys, means nothing. But is there's, it's just like I told you, just for me, I started tuning out. Yeah. Um. All right. Can you fuck to this record? You can fuck while it's on, but I don't think you're 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 not putting it on. <laughs> you're not putting it on, but if you're listening to it and then you end up fucking. I could see it staying on. I want uh, I want to start it and then right as uh, it gets the hi, my name. Yeah, <laughs> I want my, yeah, my I dick go, to finally be presented. Yeah, that's how I come, actually. That's what my <laughs> dick says. It goes, hi. Uh, no, there is no song that you could. There's no Eminem song you could fuck to except for the song Superman off the Eminem. You can fuck to Superman. You could fuck to Superman. Or you could maybe ask like that. <laughs> the way you make it, you it I could yeah Ass like that <laughs> um, Is there a song on this record That you could fuck to though Off this record If you had to pull one off What do you fucking do uh, Probably If I had Because it's a very slow song Okay um, And the final question 
is uh, what would be your elevator pitch to get somebody to listen to this record? That's hard. That is a hard. Uh, it's it's like, oh man, it's hard because this album I could probably elevator pitch Marshall Mathers LP, but this one is like. You need to know so much about this guy. Like, what do they know? They don't know who Eminem is at all. I'm just going, okay, this is why you listen to this. He's a white guy who is spitting, just throwing home runs. Every line is a home run. Every single every single line that you listen to, you're like, God, that's a good joke. God, that's a good punchline. It's completely introspective, so you know exactly who this guy is by the time you're done with the album. You you could you can you can tell his entire life by this one record. And then to add exactly to kind of follow through with what you just said, it's it's like it's it's the birth of a superstar it's the birth of a superstar yeah it's you know? it's it's someone who still didn't have money just hungry throwing fucking haymakers yeah and home runs no it's perfect uh yeah. promote away anything you want to promote uh listen to my podcast here's the scenario i do that with mike cannon and mike feeney and um i gotta get cannon on i'll get the trifecta if i get cannon on do. what does he fuck with he fucks with eminem but but you gotta have me for Eminem. That's it. That's it. He fuck. He fucks with Green Day, but I also fuck with Green Day. There might be Green Day on there. I think there if is actually. Duke, if Dookie is not on this, then they're fucking. Wrong. I don't know if it's Dookie. I think it's the other one. Like American Idiot. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's the big one for them. Yeah. Dookie was great, but yeah. but it, I'm not a big Green Day fan. But um, but definitely American Idiot is the one that like. I think they won album yeah. of the year for that. All yeah, right, we'll wow. talk. We'll talk. And, yeah, and follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter and Twitch. What is Twi it? Twitch.tv slash sex to riches. And my Instagram and Twitter is at Brendan Sagalo. Um, and see me, see, come see my stand up. I, I don't think I was very funny on this one because I'm very serious very. about Eminem. No, this was great. And, and I don't dude, fuck I, around. What I love about doing this podcast is when I have somebody on that's a fan. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I'm so glad that I put up that message and everybody directed me towards you because one, I love you already. Yeah. But two, it's like, it's just like, it's easy. perfect. This is an easy. You'll be back. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Marshall Mathers LP in October. I'll do it. We're going to record it in July <laughs> because I'm leaving. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? The one and only Brendan Sagalo. Follow him on all social media at Brendan Sagalo. Go to his website, brendansagalo.com and listen to his podcast. Here's the scenario with him, Mike Feeney and Mike Cannon. All right. New music. We have John Connor, a Michigan rapper, and you're listening to his song Big Homie off his 2022 record SOS Part 2 and you can find links to the music on our website the500podcast.com and if you're in a band and we're directly influenced by one of these albums or artists and you want your music featured on the 500 send us your song and we will play it 500podcast at gmail.com come on man next week it's LaBelle week Patty LaBelle week as we go through 1974's Nightbirds do your So we be with niggas half his age Look big homie tell you fuck it We riding on them niggas He never tell you about the time of death That might come with it Look big homie big homie. Put you on the hard Look big homie That's what got you on the yard Look big homie Always got you in some mess He can't get you out of trouble Cause he can't get out himself That's big homie Hey my nigga you said you wanted to get this money right But look 
Take this bag around the corner. He gonna hook you up with a pack, you know what I'm saying? You coming back to me, you gonna smoke. I got the hoes on the way, they should be here by the time you get here. Let's get fucked up. Big homie, ain't got no money. Be hollering on me. He fucked up, he high off cold. Then you call emoji. Young bitches in this home, he be hella horny. Bad bitches 21, but he over 40. Big homie, still flexing with his guns. Look, big homie, still hollering with Hey, this is Mike Wiebe, and I'm the singer in a band called The Riverboat Gamblers. And I'm Zach Blair. I play guitar in a band called Rise Against. Mike and I also have a band called The Draculas, and we also have this great, amazing new podcast called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah, each week we're going to ask ourselves and we're going to ask our guests what three favorite things they are into at that moment or in their entire lives. And then we're either going to agree with them or we're going to make fun of them. And uh, you're going to listen to it and you're going to like it or we will make fun of you. How about that? I just flipped it on you, the person listening to this right now. But we're going to do it every week here on the Sound Talent Network. Once again, it's called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah. <laughs> The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. I feel like the shock was... Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Next Chapter Podcasts.